This is Mhandisi the Engineers Podcast and um, today we are going to have a session with uh, Bwana producer and the session today we're going to talk about our um, our journey through the the um, recording that we had last year. So Mhandisi turned one year old um, in in February and now we want to proceed and see what we were about to do. Karibu uh, Bwana producer. Thank you Newton. Um yeah, I think it's just a uh... What I'm thinking about is just a, a review of I would call it um, season one, which was 2022. We want to just go over the the guests that we had, some of the lessons that we learned, and the lessons are twofold. It's both lessons in terms of what we learned from the guests, but also in terms of what did we learn um, on the podca- on the podcasting journey, because there are so many different kinds of lessons and. When you think about starting a podcast, um, it's it's one idea to just have episodes, but there are so many things that are happening behind the scenes that we just also want to talk about in case someone is wondering, what does it take um, to put together an episode of Muhandisi? Yeah, so that's what we want to go over for the day. Yeah, and um, of course, just as Muhandisi, I mean, Bona uh, Producer said, we would be looking at um, two items. So that is one, uh, the highlight that we had from the podcast, I mean ourselves, and then there's the bit where we noticed some growth or something like that. So um, we can get started with episode one. And in episode one, um, this was an interesting idea because we decided that let's have a trial run. And the trial run we did um, was a conversation on electronics with uh, Okello, who is now a producer. And for me, as the host, of course, um, there were a lot of items that that um, were not clear. So, for example, it was my first episode, and then um, I had some form of a script where I would just know, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll ask this question, this and this question. Um, but all and above all, the highlights of the session was about um, a passion for electronics, um, having a community around the, um, the projects that were being done. There was also intention and execution. So for me, um, it was a good episode, and and I think uh, Bonokelo, what do you have to say on that? Well, this is a difficult one to give a highlight on because it was me talking about <laughs> my stuff. Um, I don't know if I have any. I don't think I'll skip this one giving highlights, but I just go into the. Um, let's let's just talk about the growth journey. At least something that we, at least I experienced. Um, this was the very first episode. I remember we had been talking about, at, at this point, we had been talking about starting the podcast for about a year. And I think you were slugging, but then I told you, dude, let's just start the episode and we learn whatever we need to learn as we go. So it's it was actually a test episode because at least it was, a, let's say, a controlled environment. So you were interviewing me and that was more of a safe space. Um, the interesting fact about this is this... Um, <laughs> these these are two actual two two actual different recordings. There's a recording we did you and me, and then when I was editing, I didn't like the way my answers were flowing, so I literally had to re record my answers. And um, when 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 I was re recording, I had to make sure I don't add extra information. So at least it's something that I was learning about myself. How do you become coherent in an episode or when you're being interviewed. So that's at least something that um, I was I, I became cognizant of and I've been working on in at least improving your set of flow. Because when you're, rec- when you're producing video, uh, audio for recording, you have to think about 
how does a listener listen to it and how does um how will if it's going to be listened to in repeated sessions how would would they want to listen to it over and over again so that was an interesting um experience for me at least learning at least getting into the podcasting space so i don't know what 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 was your initial learnings from the first episode yeah for me um good that you have said something about having a control environment i it was very unclear for me for example um the questions i was supposed to ask um i had done my homework a little bit and known uh, outside the things that i had known of course you and i had uh, known each other for quite some time but now the questions in terms of um would this question bring out something that's interesting from the guest and um initially i had like a script but now as as we moved along i mean um you'd mention something that's outside the script and then it becomes difficult to come back to the script uh or leaving that bit that is interesting and then wanting to uh keep fidelity with the script and um for me as as part of the host was kind of uh, difficult but again um as as we see as we go along i was able to improve on that and um yeah it was it was nice to actually listen to it again and i've listened to it like about four times and i think it's i still find it interesting to this day mm, nice i think for me i listen to it uh, i have a bad habit of not listening to my work um after it's been gone out into production but at least i listened to it recently and i was like ah it's not that bad it's not as bad as i thought it was but and it was a pretty <laughs> it's a pretty interesting episode um yeah if you if i don't think about it too critically yeah yeah but uh if if you also look at the statistics i mean um it's uh, ranking among us one of our best performing episodes uh we have over um a hundred um people who have listened to it or a hundred um counts of people that have listened to the episode so we can move on to now what happened in episode two and in episode two of course we had a guest by the name ivan lumumba and ivan lumumba is a channel service manager at Huawei. um so of course uh the way we came up with having ivan is that also i'm working also, i was working at that time with ivan on um on a separate engagement and i just mentioned to him oh um guy I, I, i need your help we are going to have a session on um handisi and would like to have your story because i think he had an uh, credible story so for me what were the highlights that uh, were in that um episode is that um, there is an element of adequate preparedness um because for him the, the transitions from campus life to professional life and uh, and the way he even got into Huawei uh was a good a good story to listen to still a good story actually up to now if you go back to listen to um uh, to this episode and 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 um the path for him was quite clear you know sometimes you may you may be for example professional i mean an engineer and and, and um your path might not be like pointed to you but for him even coming out of, of campus where we came to school and then he participated in a, in a challenge he was able to organize events it is it to see and then he was able to get into the marketplace the manager wanted him to stay um uh, he was there but he also uh, worked out he was doing his best and and he's still with the company uh, as we speak so it's a good episode you may want to listen to it um on the uh, uh, on the growth phase i think for me this was my first i would actually call it professional host in quotes um because we kept ourselves um strictly on the profession that um uh he is working in 
and 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 um it kind of set the best for me and in, in, in how I'm supposed to handle um the the episodes going forward okay lo um i don't think uh, okay you you say that the path was very clear for me i think it i won't really say the path was clear one of the lessons i think that one of the things that he talked about at least the highlight was when he talked about um there's an aspect he always says luck meeting preparedness because uh, i think you, there's, there's something also that he, he mentioned in his like at least in the episode he was saying like the path that he took is not something that someone would necessarily be able to replicate because it was one of those things whereby he was like i think he was talking about he had been engaging in having sessions with students or, or having training sessions with students and at that point he always needed that kind of um someone an, it's an ambassador they needed an ambassador who could help them organize um some of the sessions that they wanted to do i think it was one of those um trainings with the uh, what is it the the router the router uh, trainings routing and some routing and switching trainings that Huawei always has so he was able to he was already in a position to influence student or how to put it he was already in a position whereby the skills that he had Huawei needed it so it's one of those things whereby he, it was not like he was planning to join Huawei but he had those skills um and the 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 lucky the lucky break was that Huawei was needing those skills that he needed so i'd say the aspect of luck luck meeting preparedness is something that's also very key in in his um in his journey the other thing i think i also liked about when he talked about was when you're he, he called it leading without influence it's one of those aspects whereby for instance like i guess when you're in a, in a really big team and you need help from let's say you're in team a and you need help from team b but you don't have direct influence to like you can go and tell a member of team b i need you to do this a b c d um in this particular in, in in within this time frame so the aspect of leading without influence is like when you're approaching this person you have to make it look like it is um the project is or whatever task you need to be done is valuable to both you and them um so that aspect it, it, it's a very critical um area to navigate especially when you're working in a corporate environment whereby you you need to collaborate between different uh, teams and then he also talked about in that aspect of leading without influence it's always that opportunities shy away from neediness so even when you're asking for assistance um going to this person you're going to say like you don't go and start saying like oh i'm i i desperately need this to happen no you don't go and start appearing needy you have to show the value that is um that will be derived from this kind of collaboration so those are some of my highlights there's so many i'd say there's so many interesting things go there that he talks about databases data systems technical stuff which um i think uh it would be worth visiting if you've not listened to the episode um for me in terms of growth um i think um this was one of my let's say the, it's the second time editing and i was still trying to find my footing around how do you edit an episode and i think i edited this um this episode a little too aggressively because i think i removed all the breaks like all the you know like arms uh all the poses i removed all of them and i i i made a very tight edit um listening to it back i would say it would make for a good sound bite if you're just like cutting a small section but it feels a bit unnatural um the way i edited it i edited it very closely so it was something to learn and in future episodes i said like le- i wanted i wanted i didn't want it to be that fast paced yes it reduced the time but it kind of eliminated that kind of like it didn't feel like a real conversation so that was one of my um learning points when it come when it came to editing like 
sometimes it's good to leave a few arms here and a few pauses um, to kind of like maybe punctuate uh, um, a particular point that is being said. So that was an interesting um, learning experience, um, at least for me in terms of editing and producing an episode. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know, you mentioned something that um, got me thinking. One is that I, I didn't actually notice, of course, I had noticed that, yes, there was some element of um, the coherence a bit was uh, not that as we had uh, uh, been doing the recording. But again, um, it, it wasn't clear. It wasn't, um, like, loud with uh, the 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 the... the editing that you had done it was not loud i mean that you can see okay the, the, there was some significant editing that was done here it, it was quite professional and i think for me as, as the host i couldn't notice that um, but also something else on uh, the aspect of growth for me also was uh, the idea that um, you know there's that bit of transitioning from one idea to the other and it was quite challenging uh, uh, keeping pace, especially when the, the the ideas that were being said, you want to press on one, but again, you have a time limit. Uh, so you have to manage and see that, okay, this this is enough, this is not enough. And um, when you get someone like Lumumba who is very generous with ideas, it becomes, uh, it puts you actually on a, on a tight space to, um, you know, you don't want to cut the guest and say, okay, this that is enough. Just have to allow the person to be able to to speak naturally and be able to give the point. But yeah, there was also something else on the highlights that I wanted to mention about um, yeah working in a team, but also working with individuals who are more experienced than yourself. And um, for me, I think even my professional uh, work, I it was quite difficult to, for example, go to a senior in a, in a separate department, and you're asking for help, and then. Um, you need them to help you, but uh, sometimes there's that tension that comes. Okay, you know, your work like is not priority. I have my priority works. So getting that person to help you is also uh, what you're calling leading with uh, without influence and, um, or with influence. I mean, that that's still not been able to crack that enough. But it was good, actually, that this episode was timely even for, uh, for me and I was able to pick up on the ideas that were shared. Yeah, so um, now in episode three, we transitioned again, had a different guest, this time a lady um, called um, Sally Musonye. He's an electrical engineer at, at KPLC, that is a Kenya Power and Lighting Company. Um, something before we got, in, we got into episode that happened for me as the host is that uh, I, I had guests that I had invited. And at some point, they just backed off last minute and I was very frustrated. I remember mentioning to the producer that, hey, am I getting entitled to people's time or um, what is it? Because uh, if, for example, you have had a guest and you're like, okay, let's have this discussion. And then 20 minutes, 30 minutes, one hour out of the recording, the person says, I cannot turn up. And then uh, there's no alternative that, okay, let's record this thing on this date. Um, you have timelines for your podcast. And uh, it was just simply frustrating. But... Um, of course, we had uh, Sally accepted to to turn up for us, and um, for me, there was a general uh, idea that there's a, a clear understanding of the scope of works and the, and and um, the different stakeholders. For example, there was there was a point that she mentioned um, about um, last mile projects. Uh, where we have the politicians being involved, and then there's the World Bank, and then the financiers of the project. Um, and exactly where the company or her responsibility 
clicks in. And I think for me that was um, pretty a good point to note. Um, and something else also within her growth is that there was something about uh, as an engineer where you are usually having some kind of self-doubt. And she advises that um, you should not shy away from consulting. Because I remember there was a point when... Um, she was doing a project or she was sizing a transformer and then there's of course there are variables for example the client might uh, decide to add some load uh, you're not very sure you're also looking at the cost of the project so that you don't oversize the system uh, or you don't have oversize the, the equipment and then that bit of being in a position that is this the right path to take or is, is this not the right path to take and she says that yes you need to consult and she would pick up her phone and speak to um, the project lead will speak to her supervisor and say, okay, this is what I'm doing. I also need this. I, I, I need your help here and there. Uh, this is what I've done. Is this correct? Um, and uh, she would actually accept the corrections. There's also something about communication. And I remember one line that she said was, um, the problem with engineers is that uh, we speak to ourselves or we give instructions in our head when we have already answered ourselves. There was an example that she gave, for example, that if you send someone to site and say, um, get me, uh, for example, a 16mm cable, you have not said whether it is um, a yellow cable, whether it's a red cable, or it is a black cable. So if this person goes to site and then brings any cable that this person finds, it is the responsibility of the person who sent the, the, um, um, the person that was sent uh, to take up that fault because you did not you know clearly say what you wanted so clear communication uh came up there's also something else about um teamwork and you remember there was a point where um, they, they they went to site and um they were procuring they had uh, brought the transformer um and they had given specifications of um the transformer room but now what happened is that the client um contractor went went ahead and constructed the room and then the room was sealed so when you bring the transformer it cannot get in and the, the, there was pressure because i think the president at that time was coming to open up the factory etc etc so in that line there was something she mentioned about um listening to your team members so that now there was a, an idea that came from one of the members that allowed them to be able to finalize on um, on that project and i think it was it was a good episode all in all um yeah Bonokelo, what do you have to say on that yeah i think i just want to build up on the idea of um just that working with your team i think um i don't want to say that i don't always like that aspect of saying that your team members are family i just think it's good to have a cordial uh, relationship with your team members. And I think she's very particular about the synergy within the team. Because I think one of the things she she talked about was like, she, she mentioned that the team members that you're working with, you spend quite a bit of time with them, even sometimes even more than you do with your family. Like, I don't know, you may spend like over 10 hours a day, Monday to uh, Monday to Friday, um, with these people. So you have to make sure you have a cordial relationship with these people. Um, so with your team members. So for instance, like if someone is having a wedding, you make sure you show up. If someone is sick, you make sure you either send a message checking on them or even if, let's say, if they are admitted, you go and visit them. So having that kind of synergy was something that's very um, critical for them because it makes everyone feel like they are respected. And like you said, talked about like um, having a team member come up with a solution. So if you have that cordial relationship and you know your value, then you are able to speak up and say, hey, 
um, we are we are in this conundrum, but this is a solution that we could have. And then the other thing about uh, the other aspect about maybe of our management, she talked about having everybody in the team understand how all, like everyone in the team is able to perform all the tasks that the team needs um, to 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 work on. It's so that in the event that someone is perhaps missing, work does not stop. Work still continues. But on top of that, there's still that level of I don't know what to call it respect or yeah, you don't just do someone's work because you can do it. You let someone uh, the way your your task has been divided. Everyone has their own KPI, so you don't start doing someone else's work just because you know how to. You you accord that person the respect that they they deserve to handle the work that they've been tasked, and you only step in um, when it is necessary. So, for instance, if they are on leave or if they are unwell or something, yeah. So that kind of synergy within the team, I think, I really really liked. Um, that that kind of uh, synergy because it, it it brings out it makes the team as productive as they can be. I think she also talked about like I don't know. I think she they were awarded like one of the most productive teams or something. I'm not sure about that. I may have to check. But yeah, that's one of the things that I, I particularly liked about um, the episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> on on the team again, I also think that um, well with with. Um, Having, for example, a team member go and leave and having some rest, I think there was that element of uh, the, the work should not stop because that person went to leave. And that person should not be disturbed when she's, he or she is away. Um, and that also allowed the team members to be able to do their work and prepare very well so that once you get out, or once you go, you are not available for the team, the team can be able to step in and also help you out in that regard. I also think there's an element of leadership uh, all in all in that conversation because um, she is the team lead of Kitui County. And then there was uh, also the aspect of um, the career being fulfilling for her because she, was, she said that... Um, um, power reliability has improved and um, uh, the factory that, that that came up, they were able to power that factory and then that factory was able to create jobs and then I, um, she literally felt like, yes, my engineering work is uh, um, positive for the society and that was good and overall for me. Um, on the growth phase, I, I don't, I, there's nothing for me to mention here other than just that um, this was one of the episodes that I engaged uh the engineer on what they were doing on a, on a day to day, as opposed to the others which were more professional. This was more like give us a project example. What did you do here? Um, there was also improvement in the questions that I was asking. They were more um, direct. They were more on point. And I think for me it was um, a, a growth point worth mentioning. Yeah, I don't think I really have anything major. I don't think anything major happened. I think. Maybe for this one is when I was at least a bit more relaxed um, in my edits, at least trying to find my style. Because I think at this point I just edited two episodes and I was just trying to, you know, navigate and find my, I'll call it editing voice. So it was, um, yeah, that was an experiment. Then I'd, I'd also say this was like kind of like our unofficial um, premonition. Because uh, I remember that this was the first episode we recorded where the interviewee had their video on. We didn't record the video, but we they had their video on. So it was like, oh, so this is a possibility. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it is a possibility of probably exploring, looking to video in future. So we'll talk about that uh, in the episode, in the relevant episode. Yeah. 
yeah so the next episode was episode 4 where we had um about systems office offer manager by the name Morina Diambo and Morina Diambo works with Shinaida um so for me in this episode um generally felt like there was something that uh, she was doing about time measurement for uh, transition to the next phase uh for example she had gotten to four years in the in what she was working on and then she she kind of felt like okay i'm comfortable in this position now i need a new challenge and um a quote from that episode says that um, you cannot be a good engineer if you do not understand your costs and um this came in about for example when the, uh, she was having a client and then the client was saying okay the equipment you are recommending is very expensive vis-a-vis the competitor and what she did is that she asked the client for the data sheet and then she went through the data sheet and she was able to see um that the, uh, she walked the customer through the equipment and she was able to sh- to show the customer that yeah if you buy from me you will have lesser losses but if you buy from the competitor you'll have more losses and the and the customer at the end of it all ended up buying the equipment from her so generally for me it was um an episode that uh is worth mentioning it was a good it was good for me yeah i think how i put that on is i think she took the customer through the whole what what at least in my team what we always call total cost of ownership because it's one of those things where by yes you might buy something initially it may be cheaper than what uh, Maureen was kind of trying to sell but then in the long run if you're looking at it, because I think it, if you just use the example I think it was a transformer transformer is supposed to operate for like 30 years or I don't know let's just say a, a pretty long time and you're supposed to look at when you're looking at this the initial cost may be let's say the initial cost for one of the Schneider transformers might be high but when you look at it in terms of how many times you need to maintain it if you if you like calculate that cost over that period it actually becomes more it's actually a much more affordable option as compared to um having the the cheaper solution the initial uh cheaper cost from the competitor so that was a really good analysis that i think how she was selling to um the customer And then i think the other thing that i really really liked was how she was because she was also in terms of selling it's like you build relationships with your customers and when let's say for instance uh Shanida wants to release a new um a new device or a new component um what she does is be- before it hits the market she has conversations with um with whoever she with the with the partners that would be interested so she does her, she like, I remember that she used to do like her research and see who would need to have this kind of solution and then you start selling them the the idea why it would be better for them um beforehand and also in the in the when when you when you when when selling this idea you don't use technical jargon you bring it down to the level whereby the customer would um appreciate what the solution um is so i think i think one of them was like was it a switch gear which doesn't use is it cf cf6 gas um rather than saying that talking about like maybe it's toxic or whatever you talk about it in you, you present it in terms of it is good for climate change and you know like when you're talking about climate change and how it's affecting the it's something that people can relate to and it's also something that can can be good on um a company's image so knowing how to sell to a particular customer approaching even beforehand so that they are ready for the solution when it is available i think it was a very um a very very smart way of dealing with um with sales and i think one of the things i think you had asked her about whether she had taken any formal class in sales and she said no it's just one of those things that she kind of like learned on the job um 
and you, you just whenever you're faced with a challenge whenever you need skill upgrade i think you just um you don't necessarily have to always go to class you just sometimes you just experiment or learn whatever you need whenever you need it or you you grow organically so i think that those are some of the highlights that i got from from the conversation with um Maureen. yeah um one point to also mention that i i, I think i forgot is that on um transitioning to the next phase i think there was a point there's a time that she went to her boss and said okay um um i am done i am quite good in this what i'm doing right now i need a new challenge and then um with the boss they were able to come up with a position that now she was able to offer us at the time of the interview and i think that was uh, quite a good episode encouraged to check it out um next is episode 5 um, episode 5 yes you, you didn't have any growth in this episode um it's not growth per, per se but uh i i i think that the conversation was not as natural as i expected it to be um that i was still trying to really juggle between um having a script and i mean following a script and um the previous version where i was just doing the interview um kind of freestyle yeah for me at least i had a a, a major growth something that i i had to i learned the hard way um there's always this saying you know people always think that you can fix uh a lot of, you can fix everything in post production the truth is you cannot fix everything in product in post production most of the things if you can handle it the things if you can get a clean as uh, a cleaner signal as possible in the live recording you do that and the only thing you're doing is just making improvements because i remember there was a section whereby there was some some noise in the episode what actually happened i think it's one of those things whereby we have to understand that not everybody would necessarily when you when you're recording not everyone has maybe an isolated environment whereby they can um either do the recording or something or a, a dedicated room so i think for this in this particular case this was kind of like evident and there was a section whereby there was someone who was unfortunately i don't i don't know if say unfortunately unfortunately for me or for us someone was brushing their teeth in the ba- in the background and It's one of those things like if it is like just you're just having a call with someone you can easily ignore it but if it's going to be a recording that people are going to listen to and have to listen to over and over again it becomes um difficult to eliminate that so that one I had to get a bit creative and I just decided to do a voice over in that section but then at least what I've learned right now at least when it comes to the aspect of production is if there is some considerable noise in the background it's it would be good to probably point it out to um the person you're interviewing so that they maybe you have a pause for a while if something that's happening in the background that is unavoidable you just pause for a little while or you ask them to move to a much uh, a better location because remember it's also one of those things whereby if you look at it it's it's also kind of like whatever you, the, the episode you're producing is it's a reflection kind of on the guest that you're having and you always want to present them in the best light you have to produce something that um they would be happy to share with um their colleagues or with their networks so at least that was an an interesting growth point for for me as a producer that as much as possible I try to make sure whatever signal you're getting from your guest is as clean as possible and maybe you just have to do tweak a few things here and there to make it um as uh to improve the quality of the recording yeah 
of course i didn't notice that but anyway producer thanks um now on to episode 5 and um episode 5 we were speaking to Bonaderic Wanyonyi who at the time was working for Powergen as a design engineer um for me this was uh, i would actually argue one of the best episode for the reason that um it was an easy conversation probably because we had known each other for quite some time and um for Derek it was kind of i mean we were able to mix like the languages i mean I, we had some swahili in, in, within the talk we had some um uh, mali africa we have some sharing and uh, we were able to pick up like it was it was a conversation between somebody and their buddy and um for the highlights i think there was the journey from uh, within which um he was able to grow that is quite um interesting because uh he started out working for mhindi and then now he mentioned again that he was being paid peanuts um would I imagine that you've done your degree five years and you're being paid 8000 uh at the time when he was exiting school he was thinking that ah we'll just finish school we'll get uh, what will come will come we will i mean we'll just think about it once we are done with school but now the situation happened that when he got out of school you have to pick up any responsibility that comes that at least will allow you to to survive within nairobi he didn't go back to the village because he says i mean wh- what are you going to do in the village you'll be chased away and i think for me it was a good good episode um there are talking points in terms of how we transition from um um being underpaid to a position where he was working within powergen as uh, an intern and then from being an intern participating in sites um helping out a few works here and there learning up to the point that he was a design engineer and it's an interesting story because uh, he was able to move having that ability to learn and to accept that yes i do not know this thing i need to be taught sometimes you know when you come out and you are like um you are thick headed and you know a lot of things it becomes difficult for you to even uh, for people to relate with you but for him i mean he was able to transition within a very short time he had grown and uh, he was able to do um activities that he was trained to do yeah i think his growth news i think one of the when you're talking about even how he got started um i think when he the position he initially applied for at pardon i think he wasn't taken but it's one of those things whereby at least what happened is he he got into let's say let's say i'll call it the network of pardon at least they knew this kind of person existed this kind of person with this particular skill set existed so when they were actually looking for when when he actually there's a position that he could easily fill they just called him and told him hey we have this position and it um i think you're a good fit it's one of those things where i always say sometimes i always say like when you're applying for something as long as you don't have to be 100% as long as you can see i have some things here and this potential just send your application because you never know it's, it's 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 just like you have to be in the mind of the decision makers because um having experience a little bit about hiring people is not fun looking for people doing all those advertisements it's not it's not a fun experience even for the person who's hiring so at least if you already have some people whom you maybe have already seen their cv or, or at least you've had some kind of interaction um with it kind of helps in a future episode we'll talk about a bit the aspect of um knowing people in more in depth exploring that one but that's, 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 this is like an interesting um aspect of that so always if you feel as if there is something this is an interesting company i would like to work with even if you're not 100% where you need to be just send your application so that the decision makers um know you 
I think for me the other other highlight would be like the thing I really enjoyed was like how he was talking about how he pays like um the contractors. I think it's a it's kind of like a, uh it's a 20 20 50 30 model. So 20% of what the fees that he has to pay his uh, contractor is 20% mobilization so that they can get started uh, i think 50% is now when once the work is complete and then the final um 30% is um i think when the work has been commissioned so i think it was a really good model because at least it keeps the contractor on their toes um because i i think that the part of the 30% being paid because yeah once the work is complete you still have to inspect it and you still want the contractor to have some kind of motivation to come and solve whatever problems you're having because if you pay them if you've pay all of, pay uh, all the amount after completion then what's the what's the incentive so i think it's it's a, it's a good way to incentivize the contractor to do a good job but also a good way to um protect your work in in case like you know the contractor is just like incompetent or something so i think those are my major highlights um from the episode and I, and yes i think it was compared to the, your conversation with Morin uh the previous episode I think this was this was one of the most relaxed episodes that um we've had on Mohandisi I listened to it uh, I mean I can go back and, and and just check on it and it still f- comes out to me to be a kind of a new episode um there's also something else just as as, as we finish up on that episode is that um there was stress in following standards because i remember i asked him um you know there's this aspect where people just say um borastima inawaka and then he said that is what is killing people and um if you have not followed the standards then your work is not accepted important very important to to note that um any growth phase here i think this was just a minor growth i think this was where i think we were exploring a little bit about how to do our intros and stuff so i think for this one i think this was the first one where we did um a post recording intro so we were just trying to find how do you entice um listeners because it's always very important like uh the very first few couple of minutes in whatever kind of media whether it's a podcast whether it's a movie whether it's a video youtube video you have to hook um the the listeners in So I think this one was I think I had pushed you to at least try and do some custom post recording um intro. So I think that was a, a, an interesting aspect um in terms of the growth of uh the podcast. We were trying to find how do we better now now that we have a podcast, how do we even start thinking about how to promote it um and have people retain listeners for much longer. Yeah, uh, that also reminds me something that uh I also did in terms of promoting the podcast um just picked up a conversation highlighted it and posted it in my linkedin as opposed to the the usual version that i had to do where i'll just share what you have produced and i think yeah it was a good episode um moving on to episode 6 now in episode 6 um we were speaking to an um to bonanderson bet uh notice again that he, he worked at that time um with powergen as a customer manager and for me generally this episode was kind of um yes relaxed but a bit very official um because um the conversation was quite let me just say slow in my opinion <laughs> um but yeah there were highlights good highlights to pick up from um just comparing it again to episode 4 
where we had um, Maureen go to the manager to seek for more responsibility. But in this case, it was the reverse, where the manager came to Bwananderson and told him, okay, we want to start a new um, team and we would like you to help us establish that team. And um, the be- I mean, the best line on this episode is that uh, you need, as an engineer, to be very open, to learn and um, speak up when you do not know anything or speak up when you require help. And uh, it, it was kind of a humble episode. Just speak slowly and um, pick up the, 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 the requirements as, as you, are, you are being asked and uh, learning as you, as you go. Uh, I think his transition was more of like um, from school, he went to the company and then he didn't actually know about the company. There was an individual who shared the, the um, uh, what do we call it, the the invite from the company and then he applied, he got in and he has been with the company for even at the time about six years or something like that. So it's a good episode, okay? Yeah, for me, I think the one um, idea that stood out was kind of the idea of, he, he talked about um, demand stimulation. I think it's one of those aspects whereby, yes, while um, I think he was talking about uh, power gen was kind of like in the business of maybe con- connecting mini grids, but once you connect um, your customers, um, there was this, you, you also want them to consume the power. So what happens is you, on top of just uh, providing them with the power, you also provide them with appliances to actually consume the power with. So if, if it's um, like buying, I think he made an example of like, if it's give, uh, selling blenders so that the, someone in the community can make um, juice, or if it's like um, maybe selling TVs or stuff like that, just like you, you provide them, there's power now, yes, but also you provide them with um, um, elements to consume that power with, to enjoy that power uh, that they've been given. So it was an, an, an interesting idea. So you, you you create a solution, but then you also like say, ah, okay, yeah, we can also do something extra to maybe make some extra revenue. And I think the other thing I also would like to say I enjoyed about the episode was, on his management style, I think one of the things he talked about is when he is, let's say for instance, giving out tasks or maybe training someone, it's one of those things whereby he would give the instructions that he wanted to be executed, but you don't just um, let it go. I think it's, it's tying almost closely to how, what Sally was, what talked about in, in, I think in episode three, what Sally was talking about, you mentioned that just sending someone to go and get a cable without giving specifications. So in this case, it's like you give instructions, but then you ask them to 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 maybe tell you to how to put it through to tell you what they've understood or to repeat what you've said. Just to that's just as a measure to um to gauge whether they've actually understood what directive that you've given them. So having that aspect of getting that feedback from that person so that you understand, okay, this person is capable of um, executing the tasks that I want them to execute or do I need to be, uh, I give them more information so that what I want to be done is clear. So I think I, I really like that aspect of, um, of, of management because I think one of the things that is very, very important when it comes to even management is just having communication, clear communication. You can never, I always say, never assume anything, never assume that what's in your mind um, is what the other person has said. I think just also just tying it in with Sally's episode, I think he had mentioned like 
sometimes engineers just you think things in your head but you don't say it so you just assume that oh this other person has understood what it is i wanted to say so having that clear line of communication whereby there is very you reduce the chances of being misunderstood that's a very key aspect that i think um i got from uh, that uh, that episode but also now tying it into also what um at least was mentioned in episode 3 with Sally yeah any growth phase uh yeah i think also now this one we were still experimenting with um the intro so this one i think what happened was rather than having because i think at this up to this point we were mostly starting off the podcast with um with intro music and then introducing the guest but this one i think we switched it up a little bit and we had like um a snippet from the episode uh, at the very beginning so that at least you know at least um whoever is listening has an idea of what is it that i am what what, what do i have to look uh, forward to yeah so that was at least an, a new experiment in uh, production um of the episode now uh, for me i don't think there was anything that uh, was a growth phase at that point um so we can move to episode 7 And now in episode 7 we were speaking to Bonahila Richesebe um who at the time was speaking was I mean is working the renewable energy field um but for me Hillary's conversation was a good conversation and um some of the things that I really enjoyed was um his career journey um when he just said you you do not need like you just need the chance you need to prove yourself there was a point he also mentioned about um he had friends who had completed school before him and these guys were not employed and then he started asking himself um who is he to be entitled that once he gets out of school he's going to be employed so he started um networking getting out and um i remember he he mentioned at some point that uh, he was able to get opportunities in certain companies and then they had promised him that yeah we'll pick you we'll take you but the communication up to date as at the time of recording had not come back from those companies but again um he went into the renewable energy field knowing very well that is the field he wanted to pursue and once he was able to be given the chance he proved himself and after a very short time um even his compensation he didn't not he not need to ask like go to the hr and like say okay i need my compensation to be reviewed it 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 was from the manager himself who say that okay what do you need we like your work we like would like to keep you what do you need and then the, he became the conversation anchor it was him now dictating um what he wanted and i think for me that was something that uh, is worth mentioning um again this uh, there's some i mean above all and anything else the whole of the conversation was more of like you need to learn 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 and at no point would you say that you know everything you need to also learn and then there was something he said about um um sticking to standards and knowing exactly what you're supposed to do because sometimes you might get into positions where you're working with very very senior um engineers and uh, for him at some point he said he was disappointed because some of these engineers were not following standards as required but for him he he knows that being a being a professional fast starts with you and he managed to stay put and um his requirements for the client that he was working at that uh, working for at that time uh was able to work through it and uh, things worked out and then 
Yeah, I think we just like I think we we just tied the whole aspect of standards. I think it's also I think it's kind of like just building up on kind of what um Derek was talking about in episode five, and I think something that Hillary talked about was like he I think we had asked him. He said that one of the things that if he's mentoring a new or training a new a new engineer, he would ask them if if they understand if they know the standards that um are governing what. Uh, the field that they're working in. Um, so it was like you would introduce them to the different uh, solar standards, um, uh, both internationally and the ones that are available in Kenya. So he was, he was very, very particular about standards. And I think maybe the other thing to mention was that the aspect of using networking to gain um, perspective. Because I think he'd mentioned here, I think it was between, either it was between his fourth year and fifth year, whereby I think he went to a networking event uh, whereby he got to at least understand more about um, what it means to actually practice, be a, be a solar practitioner. So you, you you get to understand who are the stakeholders and stuff like that. So it was like, yeah, it was. I think I think it was in in one of those sessions where he met this guy who was supposed to give him an offer, but kind of um, uh, Alimruka <laughs> to say my trivia. But it was. He, but that, that, that was just one of the people he had met. So uh, it was an unfortunate occasion, but also fortunately was from from that point in from that networking event. He also got now who the, the person who was the initial um, um, employer. So networking is very important because it gives you perspective. It allows you to understand um, what is actually happening. Like just being in school is good to have the knowledge or, or to know the, have the technical background, but you have to know where am I going to apply this? How am I going to be a part of society? And how am I going to use my knowledge to solve the skills that, um, to solve the problems that are out there in the world? So yeah, so uh design backed by standards and um, networking to gain perspective. For me, for this episode, I don't think um, there wasn't any, I, I don't have any notable growth step. So I think it was just one of those episodes where, yeah, you were just more or less practicing some of the things that um, I had learned thus far. Yeah, um, for me, I think I had some growth to, I mean, worth mentioning here, because if you notice from the previous episodes, um the guests were individuals that I had worked with in one capacity or another. Um, a good number of them we had either met through HPOLI or we were working in the same company. Now, in this episode, um, and even the list, when I was looking at the list at that time, was that eh, it looks like I am skewed to the individuals that I know. How about uh, going outside uh, my circle and for me i was happy that hillary was able to accept my invitation and um he came for us as the guest for episode seven this this episode was um the first episode that i had a guest outside my network and what that means is that i had to reach out um and when i reached out of course you know you you can you can either be ignored or you can um you, you your request could be um i mean considered uh, there was an aspect of trying to really see how I can communicate outside that, and um, I, I was I was impressed that at least I was able to get out of my comfort zone um, to the extent that I had Hillary accept my invitation. That was a great, I mean, a, a, a good point to also point out in um, I mean in episode seven. <coughs> so now in episode eight, we were speaking again to back to the individuals. I mean, within my circle, we were speaking to a lady by the name Lavendandunya. Um, Lavendandunya, as at that time, 
um, came from the angle of being an, a volunteer at IEEE and um, a lot that we talked about did mention um, such items as networking, um, being hungry, strategizing. And um, if you really look at her career growth, the, uh, the, um, there was an element of, yes, I, where I am, I, I am, I mean, she said there were like the few ladies in the class. And then at that point where she had to get out, she even realized that the classmate was able to fly out to Nigeria and then uh, through, I mean, Aitipoli, but now he was not telling her, but now she, I mean, that was the point of enter, that was the point of curiosity for her. Um, the reason why I'm saying being hungry is because once she was able to identify with that, uh, what she wanted, she now started participating in Aitipoli, uh, going to events. She came into a place and people were like dressed smartly in Howards, people had iPhones, and then she wanted that uh, feeling or those uh, material possessions. She then uh, transitioned in that respect and um, followed through her work within Aitipoli and within no short, short time she was able to travel around. Now, um, when she was transitioning from being a student uh, to work life, there's a strategy that she used which is, I mean, she was able to prepare her resume and her application but now she had to work and the idea here is that she had to work because she wanted to see the companies she, uh, of interest and she had like skewed the areas where she was thinking, okay, I think it was Westlands where she was thinking these companies um, would accept an engineer and when they would accept an engineer, they are likely to, I mean, compensate me better. So um, there's that bit of strategizing in that case. And then there was also um, kind of adequate preparedness, not really to the point, but um, positioning also yourself in situations where you, you can gain benefit from um, your involvement. For example, when she went to these conferences and she would meet CEOs and very big people, um, she was quite open to say that, yes, I am a student. And then uh, she would be able to participate in that discussion within that table from the position of being a student, but again, profiting from the wisdom that was shared as at that time. Um, it's a good episode. Um, encouraged to listen to it again. Bonokela. Yeah, I think um, on that aspect of thing, the thing that um, I don't want to say shock, but it was kind of an interesting to link, thing to learn. I think she she said she sent out over about like 150 applications. Um, yeah, and that was quite a lot, at least um, from <laughs> my experience. I don't know if that's the norm, but yeah, I was really, really surprised. But, but I really like the aspect because like when you're talking about I think when she talked about, she started off with Westland. Westland, I think she said like, if a company is in, at least the way she was thinking, if a company is in Westlands, then at least yes, they must be in good standing. But at least yeah, it was a really a good strategy of just mapping out different uh, different sections. And I think also that one of the things uh, to train with about networking is um, when she went to these networking events. I think she was lucky enough to have conversations with even. CEOs of different kinds of companies. And I think what this did for her is it gave her perspective on how she wanted to direct her career. Because she says one of the things that she would like to achieve in her career is to join the, the she called it the C-suit. I think that's being an executive or even getting up to the point of um, becoming a C CEO herself. So what happens is when you have conversations with these kinds of people, these CEOs, and you talk, you ask them about their career journey, um, or you do what I always call the career interview, 
you get to see the different kinds of um, sections that they were in. Because you were talking about some of them was kind of like, I think they were in sales, then they went to, um, I think you start off in manufacturing, going to sales and, you know, the, 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 those different kinds of departments that you have to go um, through. So at least that is what is advise, advising how she is directing her career. And this is all through the aspect of um, networking. I think that, that that's also something, a very key issue or I think a very key thing about networking. And um, when you go to a networking event, the thing is the way you are, the, the interaction between you and um, you, you provided with quite a number of people, you're given access that you never, you never would have, you never typically would get like having an uh, access to a CEO. For instance, if you like, if you were to go and have, maybe go to the uh, a company, say you want to see the CEO, it would be very difficult. You have to have an appointment. You have to do all these different kinds of things. But when you're um, in a networking event, you're given that opportunity to have a conversation that you know never would have. So I say like networking is very, very important. It gives you perspective, both in terms of getting to understand who are industry players, in, for instance, in the example of Hillary, but also it gives you, allows you to actually have conversations with people. So like the people whose um, career journeys you're interested in, or someone like you aspire to become, you get to understand what did they uh, do. Um, to get to where they uh, to get to where they got, and then maybe the other the final thing would be gaining skills necessary, gaining the skills that you um, the necessary skills um, you would need in your career development through um, volunteering. Because I think, um, for instance, I, I I just say like one of the things she was, we 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 talked about is how do you manage people? How do you manage people? And also the other aspect of like when you're talking about the career journey, she knew that she needed to. How finance experience? How do you do that? So, for instance, for her, how she's at least trying to exercise that, gaining that knowledge of finances. Like, um, I think she was at the time of the when we were interviewing her, she was kind of like um, the treasurer for IEEE. So that's um, like in on a volunteer on a volunteer basis. So you, you get to learn and understand a little bit about finance um, in a situation whereby there, I would say there are low stakes, but you get to get to get you get to gain. Uh, those particular skills you're both helping whatever organization you're passionate about but then you're also gaining necessary skills for yourself and it's something that i would I'd always say if anybody is listening uh who is in school i i would always say it's very important to try and find some extracurricular activities to try and develop your skills as a person and uh how do people actually work what is it like to work with other people because one of the things you come to realize about work environment, in as much as you're skilled in, you may be skilled in whatever technical knowledge or whatever, uh, in whatever field you're in. But remember, at the end of the day, you have to work with people. You have to interact with people. And you have to know how do I interact with people? How do I interact with different kinds of people? How do I know when this person needs more input? Or how do I um, relate myself with different kinds of people? So having that kind of experience within maybe a volunteering group or a group whereby you're volunteering or something like that, it gives you that latitude to develop what they call the soft skills. Because in whatever, it doesn't matter how good you are technically, soft skills are, are what actually enable you to actualize whatever ideas or whatever ambition that you have. So if you are able to, I think she maximized that she was able to grow herself as a person within, um, through her volunteering um, activities. Yeah. In terms of growth, I think this episode, one of the things I, I clearly remember, I think there was an issue with the, 
the audio that we got from the recorded audio from um lavender and there was a point where i felt like oh almost all hope is lost but uh i think uh, this this is one of the things where i learned about equalization um of the audio so i had to mess around with the audio a little bit but i was able to salvage it luckily so it was it was a very very close call because it was it was almost at a point where by are we really are we do we really have an output that is good enough or uh what is the problem or what 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 can we do so it was a very close one um this is one of those situations where at least post production came to um came to be the savior yeah so it was uh, an interesting uh, point for me um as 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 a producer yeah so um the next episode we are speaking to um i mean i, mean, I guess called Kezia Halinditsa uh, i remember this name was quite difficult to pronounce as at that time and um Kezia was a trained uh, i mean is a trained agricultural engineer but works um now within the renewable energy space so uh, for me generally this was a good um a, a good uh, episode for the reason that um i felt like uh, i was just talking about a story i mean it was very relaxed um very i mean the the, the flow of ideas was quite easy um of course it was freestyle for me as the host i mean just ask okay well, you began from this point distance you to this point and it was more of like um her career journey it was interesting that uh, among the number of points that she pointed out was i mean network 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 you should be able to know people um and uh high interesting point is that this individual should be in a position to speak and mention your name in places where uh you can you, you can get or you can uh, i mean they're your ambassadors and um how way of networking is kind of um uh a little bit uh difficult but she is on the way of getting out herself i mean she's a go getter i want this she she does it um she also has an aspect of uh, you need to have somebody who pushes you because i remember at some point um it was the husband who was telling her ah you see this position that been advertised in this company you have said you want to transition now this is your time apply apply her lecturer at the point at, at the time when she was uh, transitioning from working from hindi um into going for her masters it was her lecturer again who was there on her neck and saying hey you have a good story now you need to apply take a photo uh, send me your application right now so to submit before midnight and that is how she ended up getting the opportunity and um uh, the story is that she transitioned into being um into the industry now um something that was enjoyable or a learning point for me also was on the aspect of um you know when you once you have been trained and you really think that you have uh, your cred- credentials as far as your papers are concerned would come before i mean the employer she said that when she came back she was humbled really humbled because now she had um masters and she's coming to take up a position that um an individual who has done just a degree um was taking up they were beginning from the same level and she says here that uh, number one that you need to humble enough i mean things will career will humble you uh your entry level um uh, it's the skills that matter but 
uh, once you, are, you you get in and you're able to use your training and the skills that you have obtained prior to that point, then you can scale up and you can go ahead and um, be the best in the position that you are in. Um, there's one aspect of never lose sight of your target. Um, because she mentioned again that uh, she was working at the time with Davis and Shutleaf and then she got similar to um, Maureen Adiamba where she was she got quite comfortable. She decided that, okay, uh, I have given Davis and Shetliff enough time. Now I need a new challenge. And um, she sought to get out. Um, it's, it's an incredible story. It's, it's one story that at least for me as, a, as, as the host, I, I ended up going over the past the an hour mark we usually have because the story was just interesting and I was just enjoying myself all along. Yeah, I think uh, for Halinditsa, I think she's a very good orator. I think the story was uh, flowing very fluid. I think this is one of the episodes that you have laughed the most. Uh, I think <laughs> that's one of the things I just <laughs> noticed when I was doing the edits. Um, yeah, you really, really had a good time with this one. Um, I think one of the uh, aspects, I think, I think, yeah, the key thing for me would be like that aspect of knowing people, but you've talked about it very... Um, exhaustively i don't want to repeat i think just listen to the episode to understand more about what we mean by that and the other thing was i was really i really like the method with which she took um when she was when she chose to leave the indian employer because i think what happened is like the her direct manager was kind of like not being that respectful and he was kind of like stressing stressing her out and you know like you know it's one of those it's one of those situations where like i think he was kind of like disrespecting her and he had asked he had asked she had asked him maybe to try kind of treat kind uh, kind of treat her with respect but it was like you know if you're not happy the way you're being treated you can just leave and i think at this point it was, most people would be like, okay, fine, I'm going to leave because I'm exhausted with you people. But that aspect of having to go and have saying like, if you're, okay, I, I, I'm okay with leaving, but let's first of all have a meeting, you, me, and the CEO. Because I think it's very important also just to take, have the CEO understand what is happening. It's kind of like a way of you also giving kind of like an informal feedback um, so that you, you let the CEO know that this is actually what is happening um, on the ground. And I think something that she also said, like, I think you had asked her, like, um, should the CEO take responsibility? And she was like, yes, the, the CEO should take responsibility because uh, he's, the, he's the one who's, like, allowing these kinds of people um, to be managers in your company. Like, you cannot just be like, oh, the CEO is kind of like, I think he was like, she said that the CEO is kind of like um, more of like a well-educated person so that he teaches people well. But unfortunately, he's just employing people who are not respectful to people. So while the CEO may be good, he still has responsibilities since he's the one who's enabling these kinds of people, all these kinds of managers to exist. Yeah. And maybe the other highlight I want to put is like, I, I was really interested when, when, I think when you had asked about the career, um, when it comes to compensation in your work, how do you ask for compensation? And she was like, you know what I do? I just go and look at international, what's the international market rate? And then you give to your employer. So it's the employer to come down and say, okay, is it, maybe if this is too much, you come down and say, you do your negotiation at that point. So, cause you know, you typically just think, okay, I'll just look at what's happening around Nairobi, what's happening around Mombasa or something. But no, she's like, I'm going to look at international market rate. And after that point, after giving you that point, like 
now let's negotiate and see if it has to come down or if you're just going to get paid on that level. And I think it was it was kind of like an interesting aspect uh, uh, that I particularly enjoyed um, from that conversation. Yeah. And and for our listeners, by the way, I mean, this is, as Okula said, the episode that I loved the most. I enjoyed myself and um, I, I cannot recommend it any further. I mean, if you cannot listen to all our, I mean, other of our episodes, just pick out episode 10. And 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 you want to be disappointed. Um, for me, the growth phase here is that um, I, I think this was um, one of our video productions that we had. Um, so there was an aspect of juggling between um, what I was seeing on the screen, um, vis-a-vis um, keeping up with the conversation. And um, for me, it was generally a natural conversation. And uh, we were able to pick up the points as necessary, and and, and it was quite flowing, and I, I enjoyed myself. I, I, it was a good conversation. Yeah. Oh, something else. I think I forgot to mention. What was it? It was in episode eight. I think just an interesting aspect. I think episode eight is was the one with lavender. The previous uh, was the first episode that yeah, Newton and I we recorded in the same location. Because most of the most of the recordings we had always been doing um, remotely, like just doing everyone was in the remote location. But that was the first episode that we at least we were in the same place, and we were recording in the same location. Yeah, uh, and I think also just in terms of production, I think this was the first time when at least we we had we had done the major. Um, what is it? We had done a, a, a microphone upgrade. We had bought some new equipment um, that we were using. So at least up until Sosa. Before we were just using simple microphones here and there, so you see, like you don't have to have fancy equipment. It's like I think we we were, we saw we were, we had gotten way deep into the podcasting um, endeavor to know that this is something serious that we decided to at least upgrade the equipment and have um, good stuff. But yeah, the video production that was a new thing. Um, I think it was now the new dimension because I'd say for me, editing video is a different skill set. Um, from editing audio, so there was a bit of. I think I took quite a bit of time to edit this um episode because now I had to. I think I had gone into into a rhythm of how do you how do you edit um an audio episode, but now video, having that aspect of video was a different kind of um experiment that I think I'm still trying to get into the flow of it. But at least for now, I think we've had quite a, a few that I'm I'm starting to get my. Um, my style of how to edit the the video. Of course, you also had a bit of a problem whereby I think at some point, um, I think we started off at, at around six, but then it started getting dark, and then towards the end there was some sections whereby it was dark before she turned on the light. So I think this is also some a bit of an aspect of um production value whereby you have to consider, um, like you, you have to like be active and say and look at it and say like. Uh, I think it would be good to at least tell her uh, maybe to uh, turn on her light or something, or at least going forward, if you're going to have ep- episodes with guests, we tell them like it's important to to be in a in a in a in a, as an environment where you can be heard well, but also you can be seen well. So if it's it's late at night, do you have a desk lamp or something to light you up? Because I think she also had an issue with she didn't like the the way it was dark towards the end. So at least that's uh, a bit of a learning process something that now going forward if you're going to make video productions uh, we'll have to be cognizant of um from the get-go 
yeah i also wanted to jump in on the on the, on the question of the equipment and um just for me even as as, as the host um you know there's the aspect of growing into accepting that the hosts and and that being part of your life um for me of course prior it was i mean you're still experimenting not yet there not yet there but go to a position where i i, I was very comfortable in it this is me and this is um i even become i began having um ideas i'll just sleep and i'm like these are the questions i want to know i mean even as i work i i i, I record the areas that i would want to put to my guest and the areas where i would want to really i would think that it would be interesting for my audience and um being i mean the point i'm trying to raise here is that i wanted that to be part of my life and um that was it so on the equipment uh, got to a point where we just said why i mean why, why can't you just invest in good uh, equipment and i remember the other time you mentioned something about um you know if you have a good microphone it is different from having like the kawaida microphone at that point in time to be honest i i didn't like it was just there are just words i it, it could not get into my head like i mean to something serious but once i was able to use a microphone just touch it and you just hear it and you're like ah this it sounds better it's a good voice um it's, it's worth mentioning so um there are two episodes we have not talked about and that is episode um 9 and episode 11 so episode these episodes are just let, let me just say that it's supposed to be one episode but we ended up separating them because um i mean uh, there were a lot of talking points and um it was a departure slightly from what we have been doing in the previous episode for the reason that um we decided that uh, we'll pick on a topic and we just wanted to educate our audience on um um the scale of fees engineering scale of fees uh, that was passed in 2022 and what happened that episode is that we just talked about the document and gave life to it as is and uh, it was basically our interpretation just read the document this is an interesting point this is an interesting point what are we directed here i mean what is happening what do we even know as professional engineering services because i think that if you are um, an engineer you're supposed to be professional enough and know part of the documentation that's supposed to guide you also speaking to the standards that uh, we have had in like the several episodes that we pointed out um it, it's a guiding uh, document that uh, we wanted to point out to audience that yes there's a document that exists and we also had an aspect of video production and um it was the first time that we were doing it and for me yes uh, the, the the aspect of preparation and going through the document was also a new phase um i liked it i've listened to it again it's one of the episodes that has ranked the best and we also had some reviews from um uh, part of our audience i mean individuals saying this i mean we have en- we are enjoying this this talk and um the kind of the informal feedback i've been able to receive from the individuals that have been that i've met is that um um it was a good episode um you may what you may want to check it out i mean it's episode uh, 9 and episode 11 okay no Yeah I think uh I don't I think you've summarized well um about what the episode is, is about I think for me yeah I think yeah episode 9 was the first video production that we did and I think one thing I remember was my video was out of focus it, it wasn't that bad I'd say it's one we call it a soft focus so yeah that's something that I learned at least these days before starting at least the video I always look is the video for, I remember even before starting this video I asked you is your video focused Yeah so at least I I learned the value of having making sure your videos focus so that was now the beginning of the um the video production 
maybe the other thing that I'd like to mention was, yeah, I felt like the video was a bit, um, <laughs> a bit too long, uh, because we did, we, we did, we did not package our ideas as, as tightly as I would have loved. So it's still something to, to kind of try and, and, and learn because the, the, the balance that we, we are trying to strike as, because we, we would still like to have more of these episodes is you have this big document. How do you give the most necessary information without having to, you know, read everything word for word? So finding that balance between um, giving the information that is needed and still being as coherent as, as possible so that the audience uh, listens to or gains something from listening to the episode. So that's something that at least I, I would say like, um, I would like to probably improve on in the next episode of whatever topic that we will be tackling. But it was an interesting episode. I think now this was, this was now my my the return of Okelo from after episode one because most of this I was just behind the scenes. So I just came back episode nine and eleven. Now I'm again here on twelve. Um, at least trying to not just be permanently behind the scenes, but also to be in the scene every once in a while. Yeah, and, and I think it's good because um offers that perspective that yes, um uh what you have been able to get and uh, sometimes I might look at it in uh, of course the way we work is that um we work in the same field but in different kind of um mini sectors, let me call them that. So probably I can look at it from the point of, okay, how would a contractor look at this um, document? How would so-and-so look at this document? But also bringing in the other aspect of, okay, if I'm not primarily involved in that um, uh, sector or mini sector, how would you look at it? And, and I think there was synergy between the two of us in that respect. Um, and of course, we encourage our listeners to check it out and also um, give us feedback, actually, what you think we can improve on, what you think we went off, and what you think you would want, actually, to listen to. Yeah, so I think, yeah, that's the summary of Mohandisi so far. So we've had um, 11 episodes, uh, nine guests, and one topical episode, and yeah, um, feel free to explore all of the episodes, um, but also, if you don't, Feel, uh, you can you can sample what um whatever we've talked about that has interested you you can just jump in and start off uh, from that point so this is just like a summary I think yeah we'd like to do this every year just reviewing it's it's just like we we'll say I don't know um kind of like a report card for ourselves to see the progress that um we have made um in the year because sometimes you 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 don't want to just get lost in the production you also want to take a moment to reflect and see wow um this is the amount of work that we have done this is the value that we have created um in the space that we are in and last words again from me is that um we would really love to hear from you what you think we need to improve on what you think um the topics that you might want us to take on so that it doesn't come out to be one sided for example from the host or from the guests um would really love your interactions please uh, if you find time just share your communication you can write to us at themhandisi@gmail.com or um within the platform that you are listening to us you can write a message i think we'll be able to pick it up and act on the feedback yeah so feedback is at least the one area area we'd like to get uh at least for now i think the first um 2020 was just to 
improve can we really have a, a podcast so now we have at least executed our ideas we wanted it to be but now it's also nice to also if the community of people who are listening to us can also give us some input so that we are able to now better serve um your needs um let's let's have this as a platform that can help any and all uh, people interested in the field of engineering whether directly or indirectly because one thing i've come to learn is no field is kind of like existing in its own cocoon fields have certain areas whereby they overlap and there's something that can be gained from um different areas so even though we say when this is the engineers podcast is more or less we are talking about aspects around engineering and aspects around engineering doesn't necessarily have to be the technical um side of things because someone may be interested in working in engineering maybe maybe not directly so just give us feedback and let us know what um to improve on but even as you're giving us feedback we we have at least um a couple of things lined out for 2023 so stay tuned just taking quite a bit of uh, a while to to get, to get things started this year um it's been uh, for me at least it's been, it's been it's been a bit tricky because work got a little bit i had to i had to find a way of balancing between work and the the episode but let's say we've gotten to steady state and 2023 there are going to be more episodes many many more episodes of um muhandisi the engineers podcast Amen and that is the gospel according to Mhandisi Asat March 2023 stay tuned we'll come back with more asante sana